Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. Yesterday we just kind of saw the first, you know, main day of the Combine. So, you know, we've had the interviews going on, all that stuff. But this is the first time we really got to see the players go out there. You know, we got to see them run their 40s. We got to see them run some routes, the quarterbacks throw some passes. You know, we saw the wide receivers, tight ends, and the quarterbacks. So that's a pretty large chunk of the players that you guys are going to be drafting in your rookie drafts or even, you know, in your redraft leagues, you know, later on into the offseason. But I just thought this would be kind of a good opportunity to go through some of the rising players and falling players based on their combine numbers. I think a lot of people tend to kind of overvalue the combine performance, you know, because if a player's a stud and they kind of slip up a little in the combine, we're not going to throw away like three years of college production, you know, because they ran a 4.6 instead of a 4.5. But I do think it can help a little bit. And it's also just kind of going to shake up the landscape of how, you know, your league mates are viewing players because your league mates may, you know, way overvalue someone because they ran, you know, a 4-3 instead of a 4-4. So just kind of keep all of that in mind. Before I get into some of the specific players, I do just want to give an overall update on some of the official 40 times. So in the wide receiver group, we saw Thornton run an unofficial 4-2-1 and then Olave run a 4-2-6. If those numbers did stick, I would talk about them more in depth, but you know, they're actually pretty far off from the official number. So Thornton did have the fastest 40 at 4-2-8, but it definitely wasn't the record-breaking 4-2-1. And then Olave was a 4-3-9, which is still really solid, but you know, not way, way top tier like we kind of were expecting when we did see that 4-2-6. But now let's jump into some of these players more in depth. Started off with the wide receivers. I'm going to talk about Traylon Burks, and he really didn't have the monster day that I think some people were kind of expecting for him. He came in at six foot two, 225 pounds, so that is a really solid build, you know, for an alpha wide receiver. He had a 33-inch vertical, which isn't super impressive. He had a 10-foot two-inch broad jump, nothing crazy there. He ran a 4.5 or a 4.5540. Not sure which one was the official one, but in that kind of 4.5 to low 4.5 range. And I think a lot of people seem to be pretty disappointed with that number. You know, I don't think it was sensational, but I also think it's pretty impressive for a 225 pound wide receiver. This isn't like a 6'2, you know, 195 pound guy. This is a big bodied wide receiver. And it kind of seemed like Burks was the most popular candidate for the 101. You know, there were other guys up there maybe a Brees Hall, maybe like the quarterback in Superflex at that 101. But right now, since he didn't go out and absolutely dominate the combine, I kind of feel like that 101 kind of consensus pick is up in the air. And so unless Willis gets elite draft capital, I feel like I just desperately want to trade out of the 101 slot. Because I feel like if you can trade out of the 101 back to like the 104, 105, you're going to be able to choose a guy like maybe Traylon Burks or a Drake London. Maybe Willis is there, Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller. You know, one of these players are going to fall to you. And if you don't have like a clear cut number one option, I feel like having that 101, you can deal it to someone who really loves one of these guys. They're going to fall in love with them. And then there's going to be value more towards the middle of the first round. So not really huge takeaways on Traylon Burks. I just think, you know, his kind of less than stellar day is going to shake up a lot of fantasy football rookie ADP. The next wide receiver I want to talk about 
is a Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. He absolutely dominated the combine. I mean, he has been on a crazy high upwards trajectory ever since the Senior Bowl. You know, he went out, dominated there. Then he went to the combine, ran a 4.36 40-yard dash, had a 38.5-inch vertical. He came in at like six foot four, a little over 200 pounds. He had the longest broad jump of any wide receiver at 11 feet four inches. And I feel like he's kind of established himself as a second round pick in this year's draft. I feel like he's going to be in that second round range for his draft capital. So I feel like that's kind of going to set him up to be consistently picked in like the mid second round of rookie drafts. Now moving over to a totally different type of wide receiver, it is going to be Calvin Austin. And he is just an athletic freak. He ran a 4-3-240, had a 39-inch vertical, had an 11 feet, 3-inch broad jump. And I mean, the man was a beast in his junior and senior seasons at Memphis. The problem is he came in at 5 foot 8, 170 pounds, and it is just so tough to produce at that size. You know, when you're kind of one of these shifty, small guys, landing spot is just so important because you need teams who can get you the ball in space. You know, we saw a guy like Rondell Moore in last year's draft. I mean, he dominated in college football, had a super impressive true freshman season, and he still managed to struggle at the next level. So it's just tough. I feel like the ceilings just aren't there for guys who are in that five foot eight range, especially like 170 pounds. And so I feel like this kind of, you know, super impressive combine is going to push him up in rookie drafts. You know, maybe he turns into like a late second round pick. He's probably going to go in the third round if he gets any kind of draft capital because people do love those super flashy numbers. So I feel like this is probably a situation where I'm going to be fading him, letting other people pick him, and then maybe value falls kind of later, you know, maybe into the third round because people are, you know, jumping Calvin Austin over some better options. Next player here is going to be Sky Moore, and he is someone who I think I'm going to have to move up in my rankings. Coming into the combine, I was a little bit concerned about his height. I kind of thought he'd be another guy in this like 5'9", 5'8 range, but he actually came in at a very solid 5'10", 195 pounds. That was basically exactly how he was listed in college, which is not something you see every day. Normally, they kind of try to inflate those numbers, especially for these smaller guys. He came out, ran a 4'4", 140, has a really solid production profile in college. You know, he went for 802 yards and four touchdowns as a true freshman, then played in five games as sophomore, produced then, and then as a junior, caught 95 passes for 1,292 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. So like I mentioned, I do think he's probably going to be cracking probably my top eight wide receivers. The next guy here is actually someone who will probably be dropping out of that range and that is Wandell Robinson. I really didn't love the numbers we saw from him at the combine. You know, the most kind of brutal part is the five foot eight, 178 pounds. That's a concern right there. He ran well, you know, a 4-4-4-40, a lot of fours there, but he wasn't really great in the vertical or broad jump. And like I mentioned at the top, you know, these numbers aren't incredibly important, but when you're looking at that smaller frame, I do think you would like to see more freak athletes a guy like Calvin Austin, who, you know, is 5'8", 170 pounds, but, you know, he lit it up in every single category. That is not something Wandell Robinson did. 
And then also, if you're looking at his production in college, you know, he produced as a freshman and a sophomore, but not to an elite level. He didn't really have his real breakout until his junior season. So I feel like there's just too many red flags there for a guy who's probably going to be a second round rookie pick. And he's probably someone I am going to be avoiding. Now let's shift over to the quarterback position. And I'm going to lock in on two key guys here. The first one is Kenny Pickett. I feel like one of the biggest storylines throughout the day was Pickett's hand size. They were eight and a half inches. You know, this hand debate comes up every single year. Some people think it's the end all be all. It's incredibly important. You know, you can't throw the ball if you have small hands. Others think it means literally nothing. I feel like, you know, the correct answer is probably somewhere in between. I don't think anyone's going to come out and say that having eight and a half inch hands, you know, is an amazing thing because there haven't been a ton of super successful quarterbacks who are in this range. The last really good one was Michael Vick. Obviously, he could chuck the ball, so maybe it means nothing. We know Pickett has the gloves. I'm already probably lower on him than consensus, so this probably doesn't really help. I did think his 4.6740 was impressive, but we'll see You know what his draft capital is looking like. I just don't think he has an incredibly high ceiling because he does kind of lack that rushing upside. If teams are going to kind of fade off of him for that hand thing, that could definitely kind of make him suffer. But if Pickett does get, you know, mid first round draft capital, I feel like I'll have no choice but to lock him in as a first round, you know, rookie pick, even if I don't love him as a prospect, because he's probably still going to be a top three quarterback off the board. Now, the other quarterback I want to talk about is Malik Willis. And I mean, he has just been getting fantastic reports about him all week long. He was super impressive in the team meetings. I feel like everyone saw that video of him, you know, giving something to the homeless guy. Just all around seems like a really solid dude. But as an athlete, the dude is fantastic. Came in at six feet tall, 219 pounds. He has the build you need to play quarterback. He didn't run the 40, but it really wasn't necessary. We know he would have had a fantastic time. In the throwing drills, you know, he showcased his stellar arm, was really just slinging it all over the place. And I think if there is one quarterback in this draft class that could jump into the top 10, I think Willis would be that guy just because his ceiling does seem so, so high. And there are teams like the Panthers, Broncos picking in that range who are both are kind of in need of quarterbacks and are also fantastic landing spots that I think kind of could support a quarterback sooner rather than later. And if he does get that solid draft capital, I would have a really hard time not ranking him as my number one overall quarterback. Because if we're just looking at kind of the trading of value, if you get a quarterback and they hit, you know, they hit that elite ceiling, they can return such a huge investment. If you're looking at like your Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, I'm not comparing Malik Willis to these guys because it's just unfair. But all those players had their fair share of doubters. You know, Justin Herbert was like a late first round rookie pick, you know, in terms of dynasty drafts. Lamar Jackson was like back into the first round, you know, in the real NFL draft. So all these players, you know, had their own downsides, but they hit. And now you're trading like three first round picks and you're not even sure that you can acquire any of these players for that price. So if Malik Willis does hit that elite ceiling that I think he has, the payoff will just be absolutely absurd. And so he'll probably just continue to move higher and higher up my overall rankings. And then I just kind of want to give a few quick thoughts on a few players, you know, don't have a ton of info on these guys, but just some tidbits that I thought were kind of important. 
First off, Matt Corral came in at six foot one, 212 pounds. Didn't do any of the throwing, running, any of that. But I just like that 212 number that he came in at. He was listed, you know, as much lighter than that at Ole Miss. And we know he plays a very physical style of football. So it's better to see that he's heavier. You know, will be, you know, easier for him to adjust to the NFL game, less injuries, all that sort of stuff. Next up, Drake London came in at six foot four, 219 pounds. He was also heavier than he was listed at in college. I feel like that's a good thing. You don't want these super, super skinny wide receivers, you know, taking all these hits. So six foot four, 219 pounds. That is elite alpha wide receiver size. And then the last guy here, David Bell. Not surprised he didn't light it up at the combine. Ran a 4.6240, 33-inch vertical, 9 feet, 8-inch broad jump. Nothing crazy with any of those numbers. Probably towards the back end of every single category at the wide receiver position. For him moving forward, you know, I love him as a player. His production in college was fantastic. But I feel like where he's going to fall in my rankings is probably going to be pretty dependent on his projected draft capital. If he looks like a second-round pick, I will be all in on him. If it looks like he's going to be, you know, maybe a late day two, even day three pick, I'll probably start to fade off just because I do like to see that confidence in the team, picking him with some solid draft capital. But that is going to wrap it up for this video. If you guys enjoyed the content, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one.